0: This is a Dauntless Media Collective podcast. Visit dauntless.fm for more content.
1: Oh, yeah, folks. That is the group, the mini. Oh, we've had them on the show before. They got a new song out. It's dope. And I had a chance to sit down with all of them and talk about music, relationships, God, faith, anger all the good things. All right. Let's go.
2: We have enemies within our country.
3: I think it's a combination of demonology and psyop.
1: The citizens are gonna rise up and become deputized. I have always heard President Trump.
3: I, I like the way he talked. He reminded me of most men. Joe Biden last night in the debate, he's, it's like he's not even a human being. Donald Trump and the MAGA Republicans represented extremism.
1: Can you imagine repatriating all the black Americans that Pat just spoke about to Africa? Now, this is the evidence. You want me to make an act of faith, risking myself, my wife, my woman, my sister, my children on some idealism which you assure me exists in America, which I have never seen. This is Profane Faith, a podcast that engages faith on the margins. Faith that has been labeled profane, nonconformist, or even out there. We'll be exploring the intersections of the sacred, secular, and profane defined God. And look. We won't be trying to answer difficult questions. Rather, we'll be engaging them and asking better ones regarding faith, race, gender, and religion. I'll be your host, Daniel White Hodge. Let's dive on in. Let's do it. All right. What we do? Well, folks, I'm sitting here in my living room with uh, Grizzy, the cat. I'm sure he'll be staying in and and out with us today. I have the group, the mini. They've been on before, but we have different faces in here. We have different folks. I think just two of the OGs are here, Darren and Hannah. Um, Uh But uh, if y'all just wanted to go around and just talk a little bit about who you are and what you do in the band and why you sing or play or do anything musical?
2: Yeah, um, I'm Jonathan. I got connected to the band through the Rands and our kind of shared overlap at LaSalle Street. Um, yeah, I I really enjoy being in a space where we can kind of create. Oh, Grizzy came over to say hello. Where we can create um, some music that um kind of expands our horizons about what um spiritual music or faith-based music or even just faith-adjacent music um can look like and sound like and what that experience can be like so um it's been really great to be with these guys i joined right before the pandemic in december of 2019 and then mm-hmm. promptly everything shut down uh, so over the last couple years it's been really nice to get back out on the road again to yeah. be doing some music with live audiences again um yeah it's been a really really great time
4: he also plays amazing electric guitar and just really guitar in general
1: i know i know you're like the the uh the the end all be all swiss army knife of musicians man you you got it all (laughs) thank you you got it all brother shoot
0: (laughs)
5: Well, I was actually hoping that someone else would go for the second, but I was trying to get a, a you know a general sense of what the range of the answer should be.
6: Mm. Oh, um, just let it rip! Just, just let it rip! Step <laughs> step Whatever. Step. Just step the bar. <laughs> yeah.
5: Usually, I speak less when I I just have open space, so I enjoy music. Yes. I enjoy singing with the band. Um, I hope so you are. Yes. No more questions. Um, okay. Yes. Oh, yeah. My name is Krista. Oh, that's terrifying. (laughs) Thank you. That's great. That's a great way to go. My name is Krista. I sing with a band. Um, I am so... I have nothing else to say.
4: I'm doing it. That's great.
5: Krista, what's your
1: what's your background? What have you what have you been? Well, I'll ask the question that everybody asks. What's been happening from birth to now? Oh wow! For you. Oh, that's a big question. Small question. Yes.
5: (laughs) Not much there. Um, I've always done music. I've always done singing. Okay. Um, Okay. I, of course, started in the church, black church, yes, um, yes, singing with the choir and all that other good stuff. Um, I started competitions in high school and doing concert choir, things like that. Um, decided to start playing guitar in college and would fiddle on the piano so I do enough to be able to sing to it. Um, yeah and then i studied music and studied vocal performance in my undergrad damn um and of course started worship leading well not of course but i started worship leading around then um and then i graduated at some point began working full-time and moved back to chicago and stopped worship leading um <laughs> i went to school for theology at some point Damn. um and that's how i kind of got connected with gary and singing okay. with the many uh, which was kind of during the pandemic mm-hmm. kind of yeah. in there in that kind of range um yeah and so it's been a great for me and then of course i left left seminary Seminary, theology, school of theology, whichever you want to call it. I know they have different meanings. Um, And and so I think this group has been a great place to grow and kind of like process for myself where I stand and what I really believe and want to hold on to and how that will come out through the things that I produce and the things that I sing um, with this wonderful group.
1: I love it. I knew there was so much more. Look at that. Thanks for the
5: question. That was
7: so helpful. (laughs) Hi, everyone. My name is Christina, and um, oh gosh, okay, sorry. I uh, have always loved music. It's part of my my family. Uh, my dad loves music, so I, I got my love of music from him. Um, and I started attending a United Methodist Church in middle school, where I uh, sang in the choir there. That's why I uh, started going there, so that I could sing. Um, And that church had a great tradition of doing um, progressive, theologically progressive music. And Mm -hmm. so there I felt a call to ministry to like continue in that tradition. And a part of what we did there was singing songs by the many. Okay. Um, So I was a a fan early on. Um, Went to college and then uh, followed my call to ministry to seminary at Garrett in Evanston. Um, And through that got connected to working with Jonathan at LaSalle Street Church and um, and then also with the many. And so I've been with the group for also like year and a half, two years, uh, like Krista. Um, and I'm a, a provisional United Methodist minister, and so this is part of my, my ministry. Um, and kind of like what Jonathan said, I see this work as really important too expanding our understanding of who god is and um giving the church language for for how to worship in healing um healing ways
1: that's what's up that's what's up all right all right all right um so for those of you, Hannah and, and and Darren, you y'all been y'all the OGs, y'all been around since the original. What as we're thinking about the era that we live in, uh, with you know, as every day is a new thing, and you know, it seems like we're you know we've regressed. Doesn't seem like well, we have regressed. <laughs> Where does what's the space then for Christian music? How do we look at that? Um, I, I get the minis email or the newsletter and whatnot, and I know I hear a lot of stuff on lament, but how is how should we like look at engaging music in an era where Christianity is seen as right conservative, fundamental, violent, um, hateful? Which how do y'all disrupt some of that? I mean, we're I the optimist in me is like,
3: this is a great time to be who we are making the music that we make. Um, like just to, to give some of the landscape, if you look at within the contemporary Christian music space, so many kind of evangelical or evangelical adjacent Christian superstars deconstructed in the last few years, right? You have lots of folks leave the faith or leave leave public ministry. Um, and began to really question what it is to worship, what it is to be in community, what it is that they're even singing. And for us singing about questions and uncertainties and doubts and challenging um, and even reinventing things has been just something that's core to to who we are and what we do. And so I feel like the pandemic especially presented this huge opportunity for us as a society to to think about why are we doing what we're doing? Hmm. You know everything from us going to work every day and and having events that weren't online and all these things that were just normal and oh it's too hard to do anything different and then we found out we could and and we did and we 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 did things from home and we did new formats and we tried new ways to gather as a community and we found that there was significance in that necessity to do things differently and then the powers that be said okay now go back to go back to normal whatever that was and it really exposed just how superficial so many of our structures are you know whether it's oh you have to come back into the office it's like why right <laughs> we, we've right. we were more prosperous and more profitable at home but everyone's done this push to come back to the office for what reason and in the same way i think the church is is asking these questions i know my church is asking the question of what does it mean to gather and why because um, a lot of people after the pandemic were like i'm not coming back to church i mean i like jesus mm. and all but church i don't know and so we're just trying to start trying to sit with that question of what are people doing when it comes to community and what are people doing when it comes to transcendent faith you know something that they yeah. believe in that's bigger than just themselves
1: i like that okay okay few thoughts you know few th- <laughs> no, no, no. yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anybody else want to chime in musicians uh yeah I, i'll jump in a little bit as one of the newer
2: folk to the group as well and as someone who is kind of trying to figure out what is my own relationship to the Christianity that I was given, that I grew up with, mm-hmm. um, and what's my relationship to the church that is, exists now. Um, I think, like Darren was saying, part of what we are really excited about doing is creating kind of new ways and forms of gatherings. Um, but I think beyond that, something that feels really relevant right now is I don't know, the opportunity to think. A little bit more about okay, this is a tradition that shaped a lot of us, it's brought us to where we are now. Uh, speaking for myself, at mm-hmm. least, it's the reason one of the reasons that my core values are what they are, mm-hmm. and also one of the reasons that I'm kind of finding myself stepping out away from the edges of that and into something newer um, or yeah. something a little bit more expansive. Um, at the same time. Those traditions are still a really big part of the story of our country. It's a really big part of the culture that we're surrounded with. And so to be able to say, hey, this is a story that has been really significant for us. It may not be always our primary story, and we don't know what that's going to look like. Um, But it is something that shapes the world we're in. And here's another way to look at that story. Here's another way to gather around that story that brings better belonging that brings more inclusion that actually moves towards justice um, instead of just talking about it um, or thinking about it or reading about it yeah Um, so yeah it it feels like it's an opportunity to say this is a piece of all of us Um, we don't have to throw that away just because we don't feel like we fully fit in the systems that exist Mm. now Um, but maybe we can offer another way of interpreting it another way of looking at it or another way of being
1: that's great yes i'll take that (laughs) anybody else along those veins and just in terms of or where you find yourself these days in regards to i mean y'all got we got seminary degrees here we got music degrees we got all the good things i'd be curious how you see yourselves because i'm with that i mean i i think from my own personal self I like yeah, I don't wanna like throw away Jesus per se and the ideology around that, but man, it's tough to go and actually sit in a place and listen to stuff and then, you know, again, the the visceral hate, especially when people say, Oh, all are welcome. Like no terms and conditions <laughs> apply. <kidding>, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um But yeah, okay, all right. So what about when you think about just being where all of y'all are at in terms of like are you here locally in the Chicago area? How does that work? How do y'all come together? Where do y'all record at? How does that play a part in? I'm asking theo musicological questions <laughs> now. Like, I like that. How does that? How does your own cultural background shape how you do your music? If that makes sense.
4: Sure. Well, yeah. So the the people that are here today uh, do all live in the Chicagoland area. We have. Um, My parents actually, Gary and Lenora, they uh, are sort of the the producers and, um, you know, the overarching friends at the time, (laughs) 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 and uh, they lived in Chicago for a long time and now they have moved to Asheville, North Carolina. Um, So that has created some new uh, challenges because we used to gather in person a lot, but we realized during the pandemic that you didn't really have to be together in person because you could do zoom calls you could do um, a bunch of things so um it hasn't been as challenging as it might have been before we learned all that but in general i think um i have a songwriting degree um and in that songwriting degree, I you know learned how to do some uh, music production, my own music production and stuff like that. So um, a lot of the times we just record from our own houses. We all you know have our own little setups, and um, I'll do some piano playing and tr- turn that piano into drums and bass and guitar and <laughs> all the instruments. Amazing, um, and then record a million vocals and do all that and then uh recently we've been able to get back into um the studio and record vocals and uh and we've also met some cool people along the way so we just uh recently released the song we are enough and we actually worked with a a new producer that we met because he played um bass Mm -hmm. for us Mm -hmm. at uh, this conference in january um mark kalian I believe that's how you say his last name. Okay. Um and uh so that that really gave us a new um it's nice to get fresh ears on the music cuz yeah. I think that gives you a fresh perspective on stuff. So, yeah.
1: Okay. All right. All right. Anybody else care to chime in your own production, mix down, all that I don't, I asked because in my class I got a class on hip hop and theology and so you know we're talking a lot about how the hardware played a role right mm-hmm. it's like you think you go online at least for hip hop um, and Neil Soman there's a million and one sound packs and sure. they're all trying to emulate this vintage sound right mm-hmm. they're all trying to emulate whether it be on tape or four track. We didn't realize it then, right? But those have become now staple sounds. Yeah. And so I just that's kind of the background and thinking of some of the nitty gritty that goes into recording that a lot of people I don't think, you know, think about, right? Mm-hmm.
6: Yeah.
4: I think that we are a band too that really is into like genre bending. So uh, I write, like when I do solo stuff, I write a lot of singer-songwriter, ballady type stuff. Um, and then when I write for the band, I try to bring in aspects of, you know, music that I wouldn't really do as a soloist, um, and so um, for like "We Are Enough," we I, I really wanted it to be a combination of more like gospely sounding, churchy, but then also like a pop sound because the song itself doesn't really even refer to Jesus or anything <laughs> church related. So um, it's a nice combo of like the, um, some of our fans are very much into you know, going to church for rest of Christians, and then there's another large group that is, you know, uh, has gone away from the church or um, atheists or whatever you want to, whoever they are, and so it's a nice combination of both where it's like, yeah, there is that gospel churchy sound, but then it's also that um, nice just like pop that everybody can relate to.
2: Yeah, uh, and then for me, like I, I, did a lot of the guitars either from my apartment or from uh, my office. Kind of. <laughs> I love it. I love it in Old Town, and um, yeah, it's just speaking of equipment. It's really interesting now that you know the last time I did any sort of recording for an album like this, we had amps set up in a back room, and we're recording live from the stage, and then going backstage to comp stuff um and you know your mic placement on the amp grill makes such a big difference in the tone or how much grit you're getting when you tweak the drive for the front of house stuff like that yes Um, yes it's a really interesting experience doing it all on your computer for the most part and you know um guitar amp modeling stuff has come such a long way that everything you're hearing on this track from guitars at least the electric stuff is all uh, a modeled amp none of that was uh like a live in the room um and it was kind of cool to realize like okay i can just sit here for a couple hours i don't have to worry about blowing my ears out i'm just gonna <laughs> explore right. and play around and have a lot of fun I actually wrote a blog um that we've linked on our our socials and stuff kind of about some of that process but it was really freeing to be like no you're not worrying about studio time you're mm-hmm. not worrying about um if your engineer is getting bored with you tracking the same section over and over again mm-hmm. you you can just kind of be in your space um free from some of those expectations and it gives you a little bit more sense of creativity and it's really neat that we're at this place now where you can do that um, at the same time all the vocals that you heard were tracked live in a studio with uh, all of us who are you know here on this couch right now sitting in the back and listening to each other and offering suggestions we uh we kind of rewrote some of the harmonies for the ooze and things while we were there and just kind of got to figure that out together so there's also this cool piece of like some of this was just individual creativity and mm-hmm. it's also synthesized with this ideas bouncing off of each other yeah in the
1: same place real time it's cool that we can have all of that happening
6: together
2: mm-hmm.
1: yeah no, that's that's what's up. I mean, I think that's right—the era that we live in. I think about all the money I spent on a studio in 1995. <laughs> and, you know, sure, My yeah. iPad and GarageBand now has all of that and more. Yeah. Exactly. Um, but yeah, okay. So, given that, um, I'd be particularly curious because I definitely want to get to the the title of the song and and titling, like how you titling. You know, we are enough looking at that and thinking about just the amount of policy laws that are being passed. I mean, there's, you know, horrific thoughts of what happens if a GOP member makes the presidency in 2024 and what that, the impact of that will be in spaces and places, uh, you know, let alone the public space, but, you know, also just what we're doing here. Um, I'm curious, like, uh, as you think about theologically, you uh, Music and titling—how does that play a role as well? And I guess talking to my own questions, I guess then as, as how do you theologically line up a particular song, like you know, and and how y do you want to be? I guess you know what I'm saying, because you know that can set people off, right? I don't get too evangel—I always tell people I'm fluent in evangelicalism, so yeah. <laughs> I can I can I can relate. To that, uh, and and I can talk it, although I don't believe in any of that anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know, but, it, but right, but you know, but it makes some people feel comfortable to say God and Jesus in every other sentence, and oh praise, Lord you know, especially being black, man. There's a performativity that goes into being black and Christian, like oh yes is mm-hmm. <laughs> no. Um, I used to get asked that a lot about you know, do you, how do you preach, do you hoop? And I was like yes, yeah, no, I ain't I hoop in a while, you know. <laughs>
6: <laughs> I'm a three points.
1: <laughs> they're like, no. What do you know? Yo. I'm like, nah, nah, nah. You know. Mm-hmm. So does does any of it make sense? Kind of yeah. rambling here. I mean, like if I if I start with that first part,
3: and I don't even know if I introduce myself. Hi, everybody, I'm Darren, pronouncing him. Um, but if I start <laughs> yes. with that first part of what you were saying, where we think about like what's coming, whether it's the 500 plus. Um, anti-trans and LGBTQ bills that were passed just this year, that were introduced and passed this year. You know, stuff doesn't go, move through Congresses until it's anti
1: mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's oppressive. Right.
3: Right. Um, when we think about the upcoming presidential elections and even even the GOP fighting within its own ranks about who's going to be the worst possible presidential candidate, <laughs> like <laughs> it seems to be a race to the bottom. Um,
1: that it is.
3: We we get this. I think the society that we've lived in, in this Western U.S. white supremacist society, has taught us that power is above and outside of us. And it keeps telling us that, that, you know, our lives are gonna hinge on who's the president. Our lives are gonna hinge on what's happening with the celebrities and in the moment that these things are the most important things so we'll hear about them all day we'll watch the news about them all day and indeed they do have impact right like if if you if you are a pop celebrity star and become president you have had impact in two profound ways in our lives and yet there's still something that's that i think as a grassroots community organizer that I believe that no matter what the powers are saying, we still have power, right? We still have the ability to influence. It is, it is us that give the power to the powers that be Mm. that make any of their abilities possible. I mean, it's how capitalism works. Mm. And so to then come up with this anthem, if you will, of declaring that we are enough countercultural it's Mm -hmm. it's a it's a moment that we're in where we're you know even in the Barbie movie it's like I am Kenneth you know Mm -hmm. all these pieces are showing up (laughs) but I think it's a a natural response to the ways that we've been told that power and, and and things are external and we have to look to something outside of ourselves right and I'm coming back to this idea that we are created in the image and likeness of God we're the imago Dei that that we're creators Created by the great creator like we can make stuff we can figure things out. We can change the course of The planet, you know, if you believe anything about global warming if we can mess it up, then we can fix it (laughs) And so I'm like we are so amazingly powerful and what if we just started believing that we are enough what if it's not about like all these external things that we look to to come and save us. But what if it is the God within us mm. who is empowering us to, to, sur- to not only survive the things that happen, right? As we look to Jesus, who, who was put to death at the hands of the state and yet was enough to overcome mm-hmm. the state and death. Right. If 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 we believe that narrative, or if we look to the the world that we're living in, where um, we have so much going on right now, we're in the midst of the the, uh, the actors' strike. Right.
1: Right. Right. right.
3: And it's a reminder that the things that are fair, the things like having weekends, the things like having a minimum wage at all, that the things like not having, you know, endless hours as our normal work day, these came from the people uniting and saying, no, this is how it's been. And this is how it's, you know, how we've been told it has to be, but we're going to not give you our labor. We're not going to give you our power. And we're going to make a change, and so I feel like, yeah, like this is the moment we're in where we can remind ourselves that what we have, that who we are, is enough, and that that we, yeah, we can make some stuff happen, mm-hmm. for real, for real. But I, you know, I'm deep in a vein.
6: <laughs>
3: we're we're also, you know, just talking about this this idea of where this sits in our theology, where this sits in the church. Um, and I, and I for me, I extend that to the same to that same thing, where, again, pop culture or current contemporary news is you are more likely to be assaulted by a clergy member than you are by a drag queen, but the drag queens are <laughs> the ones who are writing laws against drag queens. Right, right, right. 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 We, we have weekly news about yet another church leader who's done something inappropriate. And this isn't because I'm anti-church at all. I work in the church. I, I, I give so much of my energy to, to building up the church. But this is that reminder that like we get distracted from from what's important by these kind of places and, and we get, re, you know, we, we just assume that church is safe and church is okay. And so I'm, I am spending this time and, and I think we are are spending this time of figuring out like, what, what do we need from the church? Do we, do we need another Sunday morning 10 a.m. service or do we need something that reminds us that we're enough, that we're in community, that, that we have love, you know, do we need another, uh, another thing that's been done or that you can find anywhere in the country on at 11 o'clock on a Sunday morning, or is it time for some, some new stuff? And that's mm. that's what I think this song in particular helps us step into. It's okay. idea of, of really just declaring, I'm enough, you're enough, we are enough, and not hinging it on um, an externalized view of who God is and, and how God shows up in our lives. Not hinging it on uh, an appeal to power or an appeal to authority, but really just being present with ourselves. Mm. Our broken, questioning, uncertain, not ever feeling like we're enough, and then to speak that out to ourselves and be like, but I'm enough.
1: Mm. I'm in my own Kool Aid right now, though. <laughs> I'm, with I'm with it. I'm with it. Chris and Christina, how do y'all see some of this stuff coming together? to new members. Which, by the way, I love the website and I love y'all's picture. This is like this is a real album cover, man. This is this Aww. is this is some, this is some <laughs> good stuff right here. Thank really you. like it. I
4: wrote it on a post it and I <laughs> took that picture in my apartment. You?
3: Yeah.
1: With an iPhone. Get out of here. That's correct. The technology <laughs> these days, man. Yeah. I'm about know, right. Seven right? yeah. But do y'all have the 15 yet? Because you're not. I don't know if you're gonna be cool <laughs> yeah. enough. If you don't I do What
4: I did was I just turned off the lights and then I put the <laughs> flash on and then I. <laughs> Uh, do not clean up my bathroom
1: at all. Mm? (laughs) (laughs) Authentic. Authentic, (laughs) right.
4: Very authentic. Do you want to talk about I Sure. Um,
5: Yeah, I think in regards to I don't know, theology, Christianity, um, I think a lot of times especially depending on the sect of Christianity that you come from uh, the message that we are brought up with and the message that we are just drenched in um, is, you know, you're made in the image of god but but, but you're but, but you're a sinner
3: yeah right, you know? right Right. know right conditions apply yeah god loves <laughs> yeah, you but just went, yeah <laughs> so this
5: is this like it's this constant like kind of like i don't know it's like this constant fake kind of you know you are enough but mm-hmm. like and so yeah and so coming from kind of that kind of space um, our song of we are enough is kind of the the facts of hey you are enough period Mm -hmm. Um, which I think is beneficial to those within the church as well as those without outside of the church Um, I believe that that is more so a message that Jesus lived as opposed to necessarily constantly having to say um, Jesus in your songs I think that it it -hmm. is very important to actually portray the things that Jesus did or like go out and actually do the things Jesus did Um, but also but also to like speak like Jesus would have spoken you know to speak that type of love and to give that type of care and and that type of compassion Um, as, and I think that that is much more important than actually just putting Jesus's name in a song. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. Even yeah. though that is the thing, yeah. right? I mean, if you if you don't have, I remember that specifically. But your song doesn't actually say Jesus. <laughs> I was like <laughs> literally. I was like, oh, but it's got so many actual oh. Bible verses in it. <laughs> 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 but now they're like, you should not say Jesus, and it's always oh, right. it's this like trademark stamp, like yeah. in Jesus' name. Yes. But yeah. it doesn't actually really mean anything yeah. if I you think that about kind it. Last me. I. Mean, Yeah. um, Someone from, I can't remember when it was, um, someone from Mm -hmm. another church that I was a part of, we did something um, at the, where was it? It was in.
3: Colorado or something oh, like yeah, that. At the, the yeah. Yeah. Yes. The, the whole pitching conference.
5: Yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
3: Wow. And then okay. someone's
5: comment from the church was, "They didn't really. You all didn't really see Jesus much." <laughs> and
4: I was like, "It's so funny." <laughs> it's like, see, oh. did you listen to anything else? We still yeah. Like, were you just? I watching? was like, right. keywords.
7: So I shared this song last week with like a bunch of different groups that I thought it could really relate to, and I really was getting into it, and I was like, shared it with a group of clergy women and. Um, youth ministers and deacons in the United Methodist Church, which is a clergy order, but like people Mm -hmm. who work maybe outside of the church, Mm -hmm. um, more of the time. And did I say queer clergy? And I was like relating how I thought each of these groups, women are always constantly told we're not enough. Um, and all of those groups kind of have their own ways of like being told this constantly. Um, and I'm coming from a tradition, and I think most of those people I was writing to aren't told we're sinners a lot of the time. That's not the tradition that I grew up with. And like, thank God.
6: Um, yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. No,
7: seriously. Yeah, no, um, see, you're right. But yeah. like, still, we're told in so many ways that we're not enough. And then someone goes in the comments and is like, um, I like it, but like, you didn't talk about God or Jesus at all and i was like i had so many thoughts i was like do we why do we need why do we need to like is that I, right. I don't i don't agree that that's an important premise honestly um and i ended up being like i think this song is a reflection of what god says to jesus in his baptism right like you are dearly beloved you are my son whatever i don't know what it says um gotta
4: read (laughs) Um, something like
7: that something like that
6: um but that like
7: and this is what this is what we are told as Mm -hmm. children of god if we believe that yeah um we don't need to like Krista said we don't need to make it something it's not and we don't need to like jesus doesn't ask for um, him to be name Him to be name dropped. <laughs> we, we don't need that. Please yeah. name We don't need that, especially if that means people who've been harmed by the church yeah. can relate to this Ooh. music, Ooh. right?
2: That yeah, and and especially, especially that. It's like maybe if we're a little more focused around stuff that helps us be in and walk in and live in the way of jesus as opposed to just being so focused on the name itself um, yeah mm-hmm. um we could actually find some spaces and some music and some points of commonality with people who have been hurt by the church or just aren't aren't interested in the way institutionalized church has been um i think it, it makes these truths about who we are however you think about that, whatever theological framing you have for it, or if you don't think about it theologically at all, it makes it something that we can all affirm about each other and connect with each other over. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah.
7: One of my favorite things that I've been part of with The Many is, well, there's a lot of things, but (laughs) we had the opportunity to be interviewed by the Grammy magazine for um, an article oh. about queer oh. Christians. Okay. Okay. No. Name drop that. Name she, drop yeah, that. you just did say
2: name drop the Grammys. Sorry. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, all right. Um,
7: but Grammys. It was right. like so cool to be in, uh, um, to be part of a story with these people who over decades have been um, queer activists in the church hmm. and like creating music that um, express their faith. But then also the heartbreak of like a lot of these folks. Um, you know, one of their stories was that like their hymns were ripped out of hymn books when mm. they came out. Um, and otherwise they, they left the church and began to make music that I'm sure is also powerful, um, outside of the church. But imagine like, it, there's so much richness that yeah. that we can bring to the church as people of diverse backgrounds and diverse experiences when we are allowed to share the art that we create there, not just in the church, other spaces too, but, um, what a loss to like uh exclude certain kinds of artwork based on the identity of the people who who create it
1: yeah yeah no i think absolutely i think that that's powerful like you you, and you mentioned something about you know people who have been hurt and i get that a lot from you know most if, if i get any feedback uh well besides being on ultra right-wing professor watch lists uh <laughs> yes. websites and everything Congratulations. Uh, you know, thank you, you thank you it. you know i made it i'm finally there thank i God. should probably highlight that on my um on my own <laughs> website like i yeah, made sure. it on you professor watches i mean you know cornell west and like uh sonia sanchez i'm like well i'm in good company yeah right. um sure are but, uh, be, yeah, I yeah, and I think, you know, the, the name of Jesus, I remember when I was involved in church youth work, um, I got that all the time about, oh, you didn't say Jesus enough. And I was like, wait, what? You didn't hear? It. Like, we just presented research, three years of research, and all you can hear is they didn't say Jesus? <laughs> so one time I actually got up in front of a whole bunch of pastors and literally just said the first, my first words were Jesus 15 times. I said it there specifically 15 <laughs> times, and I was just like, so can, for all you people in the audience, that uh, you know, that wanted me to say Jesus. I just said it 15 times, so you can. Yeah. There's your number. They didn't think it was that that funny. I thought it was hilarious. <laughs> I love it. I'm just oh. glad I have the number now. Yeah, right. Yeah. That <laughs> That's real helpful. Right. That's okay, helpful. great. Right. Well, and I did that specifically <laughs> okay. because there were haters who were emailing. They you know, because you, you know how white supremacy works. They always try to go for your jobs. So they try to email the provost and be like, he said this five times in his talk, you know, yeah. so I was just like, sure. I'm gonna say Jesus 15 times. So you have a number. <laughs> of Um, so speaking of that, like, how do y'all deal? And I really, Chris and, and Darren, I really, cause I definitely want to ask about race. Like how does it all come together? And especially coming out of the black environment? Um, oftentimes th- this type of conversation, being queer, being gay, being black, those are met with, like all kind i'd be real curious because i follow a couple of different accounts uh online and in my own research looking at just kind of the shift particularly when within, within the black community african-american community because this will be real cool on like race stuff and mm-hmm. like oh yeah down with but now you've got a certain sect of even black folk who are now aligning themselves with people like um What's his name on Fox News? Uh, oh boy, he's not mean, even on Fox yeah. News anymore. Um, he's Tucker got his Carlson. own thing. Yes, Tucker Carlson. Yeah. Um, for example, like Ice Cube. I think about Ice Cube. Somebody, Mr. N.W.A. himself who, you know, like had conversations with Trump, you know, when he was running in 2020 and have a very stern look upon human sexuality. It's not just Ice Cube that you just follow anybody's comments Mm -hmm. and that shit comes out. So I'd be curious, particularly being black, progressive, all those things tend to not necessarily always align, if that makes sense. (laughs) It's,
3: yeah, Krista and I are looking at each other like, you're going to pass on that one. <laughs> um, yeah, so uh, I'm going to slightly name drop my own other podcast. Uh, Come on. I'm yes. working on a, on a new podcast uh, called Second Sunday. And Ooh, it is a...
1: Second Sunday. Second
3: Sunday. Second Sunday. It's a deep look at the... Um, folks who are finding and restoring and renovating and even sometimes losing faith, uh, specifically at the intersection of being black and queer. And so we've been over the past year collecting these stories of folks, um, trans folks, um, talk looking at the lens of women in leadership, looking at folks who, uh, for example, grew up during the AIDS crisis, like all these different aspects of what it's meant to be black and queer. And it's so interesting that for so many of us, like it's clear in our own in our own shoes, it's very clear that 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 we've both been ever-present and ever-essential to the life of the church, mm-hmm. and yes. that we've had to choose what our existence or visibility has been, um, especially when you you know intersect that with, for example, being a woman, or when you, uh, you know, different pieces, You people have often had these major moments of having to choose who they will be, even though we're always all of ourselves at once. Um, so in my own life, it's been very, very interesting. I, I think since the last time I talked to you, mm-hmm. or maybe I was just in that beginning, that space. But the last time I talked to you, I was thinking about how demanding it has been to to, to live publicly as black and queer and Christian and all these things. Um, and right about 2019, I hit a existential turning point. Mm-hmm. And it was just like, you know what? I have done this work for 20 years mm-hmm. and realized that... Um, there is a whole population of people, um, typically white, typically cisgender, typically male, typically heterosexual, who will not ever hear the words out of my mouth until somebody who has more of those same check boxes mm-hmm. says it. And it, in that year, I had like a year of if I said it, people would attack it. But if someone else quoted me. Including mm-hmm. my name. Mm-hmm. They're like, oh, that's a really important thought. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Isn't that interesting? You
3: know? And so it, it made right. me realize that for me to do this, for me to exist in these spaces, yeah, is that I have to prioritize myself. And that um, I am, instead of trying to be the change maker and, and engage with the difficult to be patient, you know, I'm gifted at those things. And instead of doing all that, I'm going to take care of me. And empower those who check off more of those boxes to go and do the rest of this work. Mm -hmm. Because I'm only surviving as it is. Mm -hmm. I ain't got to be saving everybody and their mama. (laughs) Amen to that. Because that's that's the that's where I'm going right now. Like, what is rest? What is it for me to simply exist? What is it for me to not be proving myself or my existence or my experience to someone, but instead to simply be? Mm. Hmm. That's what I'm trying to live into mm-hmm. right now. Yeah, You are enough.
6: Yeah. You
3: know? <laughs> got a song about it. <laughs> <laughs> have, have you heard?
1: <laughs> oh, man. Here we go. Mm-hmm. Um, Chrissy, you want to add anything?
6: <laughs>
1: I know you got a lot in the, going on, and I can see.
5: That's a, under
1: that beanie and back behind the glasses, I can see. This, yeah. uh, <laughs> I,
5: I'll keep it short, because I generally... I Stay away from these kind of
3: I I might pull, pull one of your T shirts into this conversation, but go on.
5: Uh, <laughs> but see I do it silently. Mm-hmm. I I've I've come to that place of like where you're saying like I am not seeking to save nobody. because um, I think before I was on the pendulum of like hatred. Mm-hmm. Um <laughs> vehement hatred. Mm-hmm. Um and so I, my meter has tick tick tick. Uh, the more interactions that I have with wonderful white people <laughs> and <laughs> wonderful Christian oh, white I'm people, just
2: so the Christian <laughs> white people on the couch. <laughs> <laughs>
5: uh, that's, it's always much help, much more helpful um, to balance out the uh, frustrating interactions that I have um, present day and, <laughs> and in the past. Um. Yeah, and so I think that that's one of the ways that I keep my peace is that you know what you can be and do and believe exactly what you want.
1: I get
3: you. Don't bring it over here. Okay. I want I want you to talk about when we were in California. Well, I, well it, it's happened a couple times, but um, you'll sometimes wear these wonderful and amazing T-shirts that are just about being black. Uh <laughs> It'll, You know, like the 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 kinky curly. Uh, nappy. It was was some shirt that was just Mm -hmm. describing different black hair textures. Mm -hmm. And another one, I I can't remember, but I remember I I can't remember what they said, but I remember how specifically like like this older black woman just came up and was just like, "Yes!" Like it was like a little inside secret, <laughs> yeah. and just a moment of appreciation. Do yeah, remember oh, that? Yeah. What was
5: and the my other shirt? Is uh, I'm black, black, like black yes. nose, like hair, yeah. like lips, like black, black, black is black, or blacky black
3: or something. Blacky black. Yeah.
5: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I enjoy those shirts. Um, I feel like that's one of the ways that I that helped me to exist in white spaces. Um, Because we do, we sing in a lot of white spaces, Mm -hmm. um, which I'm not against, I'm down with, because I, I hope that that will help to move their meter some if they're in a place where they're not used to interacting with black people or they are... I don't know racist sexist homophobic and they need some sort of like assistance and good interactions with others that will help them that's awesome um, and so for me that helps me to be in that space just to make sure that I am represented truly mm-hmm. of like this is who I am like yes this is the type of hair I have kinky wavy curly your braids mm-hmm. rose um, I'm not ashamed of it. I'm not afraid of you saying it or being understanding it. You know, if you have questions, sure you can ask me. As long as I have the energy and capacity to answer, then I will. Otherwise, I won't. Um, but also to represent for the other other Black people in the space, because uh, mm. I yeah, I've gotten several people to come and be like, yes, I love your shirts. Like,
3: oh, I do too. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I that's all that's
1: all. No, I appreciate that no, I appreciate that um I, and, and I mean just because I think race is such a big thing uh, and it continues to be a big thing um being the two women on the on white women on the uh, tw- <laughs> white <laughs> white <laughs> I'd be curious you know just how you know some of this stuff comes around and uh, you know the stereotypes of white women particularly white Christian women um uh, but I'd be curious, I, mean, I'm, I don't want to ramble on, like how that interacts and how that plays a part in music and engagements. I'm also open to, like, you know, stories from the road as well. I'd be curious, like, what comes up in concerts. I always find, as a speaker, the juicy stuff usually happens when the mics aren't present <laughs> and the cameras aren't around.
4: How do you know that? <laughs> I
1: know.
4: Yeah, I think that. Um... I mean, I think overall I have it easy. Like, we do go to a lot of white spaces, and every single time I'm very impressed that we could convince uh, three people of color to come with us.
3: Um, because it's only rural, like, Idaho. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. There's a cow in the
6: tree.
4: <laughs> it's okay, guys. Sorry. <laughs> Me and Christina will try to protect you. Um, yeah, and I think that it's interesting we go to we've gone to a lot of places that'll say like do you guys have any tips on like how we can bring black people here <laughs> and I'm like uh, do you I don't think we should try to help you to do it they wanted it. to be here they would yeah um, and so it's it's things like that where um, yeah like it's just eye-opening for me and i'm sure it's not eye-opening for uh our people <laughs> of color in the group um but it's just been um i'm just grateful to be able to live life with everyone here because we do have all these diverse backgrounds uh, whether it be race or just you know how we all grew up and it's just nice to be i think i'm i'm a I'm growing as a person every time we hang out, and uh, that would not be the case if I just hung out with a bunch of white people. <laughs> um, and if, if I hung out with people who didn't have that had that I all my college friends that all had the same background as me, so um, I'm grateful for them and for everybody in this group. Yeah,
7: oh, so you too. <laughs> I'll second some of that. Um, I grew up in the Bay Area in California. Okay. All right. I had a lot I of like that yeah grew up um my school was like 80 percent asian okay so i um that was an interesting like way to grow up racially um and i think i went to college then in tacoma washington which also was quite white but like had more diversity or not also was quite white it was a different experience for me because i was then like oh i am a racial majority and like I need to learn what it means to be white. Not because I wasn't in my hometown where I grew up, but because, um, I don't know, I think the conversations weren't quite there and I think the my awareness wasn't there and I think um, it, was, it was an interesting yeah. kind of dynamic yeah. um, for me. Um, and I like haven't really had, I didn't have black friends growing up, they just like weren't in our community um, for, a lot of like reasons that we know uh institutional racism caused that of course um but i've been like hannah said really grateful to like have the opportunity to be in close relationship with all of you um and to like one of my things that i do with the band is to book our trips and like plan our travel and stuff and so um well gaining the awareness of like I want everyone to be comfortable and I need to ask that, and ask what that looks like yeah. and like, well, <laughs> yeah. maybe um, staying in like rural Kansas like, wasn't the best <laughs> idea. And like, <laughs> I should have known that and didn't. And like, that's that's something that's been a really, um, a good experience for me to like learn, uh, learn and like hear about those conversations. Um, and then also, I think something that we try to do in the group is to, to model, um, equity in decision-making and finances, and I think Ooh. that's something that oh, yeah. we try. It's okay. to work try a work in progress. Is it work in progress? I think um, Gary and Lenora w- work really hard to mm-hmm. um, equip all of us to do our, our work and what we feel called to in our, our music and our work in different ways, um, and like try to... Um, Invite everyone to do yeah, like, best work exactly Um, make that an equitable process and um, that's been cool to like be part of that struggle and and see how um, Mm -hmm. we can always be improving that
1: yeah yeah no, no, i'm glad you brought that up because that's a big thing right i always ask folks you know when they you know again the words of equity diversity equity inclusion mm-hmm. especially since 2020 mm-hmm. organizations always want to sound smart and you sure. know use critical theory critical race theory words and stuff but i'm always just like how do you pay your people though that's mm-hmm.
6: me. <laughs> <laughs> so this.
1: <laughs> right. how how is that being taken care of so i'm glad you brought that up because again that's the nitty-gritty right it's like that's um, that's what breaks up groups and whatnot. And I'd be curious as a group, and, and again, Jonathan, because I believe Jonathan, your back ethnic background is Filipino. I am Filipino. Yeah. Okay. All right. How does that play into a role? Again, I from the Bay Area originally is is as is, is well, and so we have small Filipino, and I grew up in a black Adventist church, so everybody kind of adopted the black culture, but just the conservatism, the fundamentalism that existed in a lot of kind of some of those other ethnic groups was always amazing to me because I always felt like Latinx, I'm part Mexican, uh, were way more conservative you know in, in, in regards theologically. <laughs> um, I even got my aunt you know who voted for Trump and like dude you're third generation just barely mexican on this barely past the border and you over here talking about these immigrants and stuff i'm just like what the hell are you talking about man right (laughs) insane so i'd be curious like just kind of that background and just you know some of that stuff as as well since we're on the conversation of race and then i want to i want to be conscious of our time but i also want to you know get into some of the nitty-gritty of of the song as well Mm -hmm. sure sure yeah, uh, so, I, yeah, I'm Filipino-American. Mm-hmm. Um, my parents
2: immigrated to the States when they were kids, met in college. Um, so I am first generation and my family, born here in, in the States. And I was born in Evanston, Illinois. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> which is where Christina lives now. Um, but, I, I, yeah, born and raised in the north suburbs of Chicago. It was pretty white. I can probably count on... My fingers, the number of Asian Americans who were in my high school, Um, and I'm sure, you know, I'm sure most of us were in the like academic clubs and top ten and all that stuff. You know, Um, it was it's interesting because I grew up very conscious that I was an outsider. I Mm. grew up really aware that I was different that I didn't fit in when we did go and hang out with my parents friends who um, were Filipino from college and their Filipino families and uh, All all of that. I never felt like I really fit in with that either because I spent most of my formative years in more of a white suburb um, And never kind of felt like I fit in either place Mm. Um, and so church for me growing up was a place where at least it was communicated to me. Okay, like you belong here, you're wanted here. And a lot of that's tied up in the fact that I've been musical since a very early age. Mm. Um, you know, i have a prodigy. I don't know about that, <laughs> um, but I'm sure there are some awful videos of me playing Suzuki violin floating around. Yeah, yeah that's what's up. That's what's up. Now the band is going to try and dig this up, and I'm in trouble. <laughs> No, I, you know, I, I think some of that was I did a lot of music. They liked having me singing in the choir. Um, I did, you know, some worship leading and stuff for a youth group, things like that. Um, but yeah, yeah, I think growing up as, as an Asian minority, I kind of had a really clear sense of I don't really belong here. Mm. Uh, and so to be part of the conversation, especially now in the last few years where it's really come to even more of a um, Mm black-white forced dichotomy Mm -hmm. in the conversation and to be uh, often one of the people saying, and it's bigger than just this, and this is a huge thing and something that is really important. But I I feel like I'm often able to help people locate it in this Mm -hmm. context of what we're really talking about is a world where everybody belongs. where. Everybody's full self. We can look at that and say that is enough for you Mm. to to be who you are And to belong here to be wanted here to have a space for yourself here. It's a lot of what the song feels like to me um, is All of the differences of us all the different ways that we express Whether you want to call that the image of God whether you want to call that just the fact that we are spiritual beings and we're more than just the sum of our physical parts that uh, but all of you is completely different from all of the person sitting next to you, and that is enough. Yeah, um, and you can belong here. Um, there's a space for that. So yeah, it's it's really nice um, and as a real gift to be part of a group that makes space for me and for each other in that way, um, and to kind of try and create those spaces um, and create that kind of an atmosphere in the different places that we go. Yeah. Um, it is also um you know it's different um, mm-hmm. you know uh, it's how, how do I say this guys it's, <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm always aware I don't have the same um, I don't always have the same disadvantages or assumptions working against me um, mm-hmm. and so that lets me kind of step into sometimes a mediator role okay um. But then also to realize you don't have to be in that role. You can Mm -hmm. just be yourself and show up. Um, I happen to be wearing one of the band sweatshirts today that says, come as you are. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's been a a good reminder for me that it's enough for me to show up as who I am with the experiences that I have, the feelings that I'm feeling, um, the perspective that I bring to the situation. I don't have to try and fit into the conversation that other people are having i can give yeah. my own voice to that
1: mm-hmm. space yeah um, no i appreciate that i and, and thank you all for sharing as well because i think those are all good. things that happen i mean yeah, i've taught intercultural com, or communication for you know well over two decades and it's one of the things that there are people who come to the table you know really fluent in talking about their ethnic experience and then other folks who are just you know just figuring this stuff out so I appreciate just mm-hmm. kind of the more developed I wanted to get one more please if Jonathan feels like sharing I know please
3: sometimes when we're traveling we talk about the differences in how we exist in the space you, you know what I'm talking about just as far as um, like I am often hyper visible in a space uh, as we said before many of our spaces we're in are, are uh, predominantly white I'm a tall black man with locks and... You can spot you in a crowd very easily. What? (laughs) Very easily. He blends in. To be in the NFL. And so I I am (laughs) seeing people stop on the street. They're like, oh my God, it's the mini because I'm there. (laughs) Amazing. But both Mm -hmm. Hannah and Jonathan have talked about the differences in how people in those spaces engage with them as opposed to, to me. I'm just wondering if you, if any of those like are, are coming to mind, just.
2: I mean, one, yeah, one story that's coming to mind, that's maybe an opposite example of Mm -hmm. that is we, we did a conference in California recently, um, and one Filipino guy like tracked me down (laughs) and like put my number in his phone and made sure that I knew that like he was Filipino and he was part of a group that was Filipino. Um, I was super excited. It's awesome. Um, And so I think there's that piece of it, which is, you know, representation matters. We say that a lot. I don't think it can go unstated, Mm -hmm. Uh, but that, you know, being seen, Mm -hmm. um, yeah and kind of providing that for people um you can't be what you can't see type of thing yeah um and then it's also really interesting where (laughs) darren and i often um will kind of like be heading back from like a lunch break or something Mm -hmm. and i think this happened at the same conference a couple times (laughs) where we were we're heading back to the venue from lunch and uh I will make it they were in this conference center, it had a giant escalator, it's like three or four stories. I made it all the way up the three story escalator before realizing that Darren had gotten like, waylaid by a bunch of people who were like, Are you in the band? I've got to talk to you. Um, and had no idea that the person like walking with him, standing next to him, was also mm-hmm. in the band. Um, but it's that kind of that question of who are you looking for? Um, right. Who's visible to you? Uh, what stands out to you? What do you latch on to? Um, and that's not necessarily a bad thing, personally. Yeah. I'm, I am an introvert's introvert. That's I am you. happy not to have a long conversation <laughs> with strangers in the middle of the parking that. lot. Yeah. Um, and Darren is fantastic at it. Darren is the um, extroversion. At the same time, sometimes Darren really needs a break. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. But oh, he's absolutely. the person that gets pulled aside, because he is kind of known as the extrovert. He is the, the tallest person in the room a lot of the time. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, it's, it is kind of funny to see um, who both who feels comfortable approaching and who doesn't feel comfortable mm. approaching, um, because then also sometimes people will feel very comfortable approaching me or Hannah or Christina, mm. um, but it'll be clear that no, they're not really sure how to interact. Sometimes mm-hmm. with with Darren or Krista, um, even though they might want to, and they show their there,
1: <laughs> and sometimes they want to, and they don't do a great job. But that's right. another story. <laughs> no, I'm glad you shared that because I think that's again, those are all the things, right? It's like there's a sense of aesthetic that that happens when somebody's up on stage mm-hmm. and people kind of want to touch and feel and everything, oh, yeah. you know. Um, And I think there's also, you know, an exoticization also that goes with being, of course, just in a band in general. But then, you know, I see this a lot with our black athletes, you know, on campus is that, you know, folks are just like, oh, wow. You know, you yeah. look a certain way and talk. I've only seen this in videos. And so Sorry. then it becomes kind of a, a, a zoo, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, so I've, I've, experience for you. I have had that I as well. try to
2: touch. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh,
1: no. Yes. Right. Right. Oh, this. Oh, it's well,
2: and, and actually, you know, speaking of hair and mm-hmm. touch and texture and stuff, um, you know, this is all audio, uh, but I'm I'm an Asian guy, but my hair is long and I normally wear it in a bun and it confuses the hell out of people. <laughs> <laughs> um, people oftentimes don't know what to make of it. I'll see a lot of double takes. I'll see kind of like, oh, um, but my favorite part is we'll go to some of these places and it will be families or churches or like. Um, Parents who bring their kids to the conference or the event, kids love it. Um, I will see, like, I'll see little kids who also have their hair in buns and look yeah. at me. Yeah.
6: Oh, hi.
2: <laughs> and 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 that's that's something that's really cool. Of like, yeah, it's. I think in a lot of ways, you see our group together, you see us as individuals and we kind of challenge a few of your categories mm. for what you're expecting from a person or what you're expecting from an interaction. Um, and I think when it is um, when it's something that you have the energy for,
1: mm-hmm.
2: um, that can be a really cool thing about showing up as we are in different spaces.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, I just I love the title. Of all of this, uh, because you're you're absolutely right. I think one of the the many problems with evangelical Christianity, and I and I label it that way because oftentimes some people conflate Christianity with just evangelicalism, and that's that's it. Um, and I try to help folks realize that no, no, Christianity is way bigger than that. This is just one sect. Yeah. It happens to be a dominant and a very wealthy sect, but it's it's nevertheless one sect. And I think that comes out a lot is that your your body isn't enough. Your body, you're you're always less than. Um, you know, working with my somatics therapist, you know, she's always. T- telling me, right, to, you know, to get into the body, what is your body saying, you know, and it's just that you've been trained to, to, to not believe your body, like, Mm -hmm. you know, like, I don't Well, well I don't, your I don't, body is bad. Just right. Just right. Yeah. Which is one of my problems with like Paul. I can't stand Pauline literature. He should never have been put into... If Paul was around <laughs> today, Paul would be Cancel? a goddamn Trump, uh, Trump oh, supporter, right? Oh, you know yeah. what I'm saying? We're going in. <laughs> so, I don't... I can't stand Paula in, in the New Testament. A um, little bitch ass. So
6: um, <laughs> I No, off.
1: for real. I really feel, though. No, yeah, no, no, no. He's... Jesus fucked up so much, so much theology dating all the way back to the, (laughs) I got a whole book on this. So anyways, um, my point being is is that I think once you begin to kind of look into Christianity and look at some of the things, I mean, there's so much more going on in the body and so much more involvement with that. I think Jesus talks a lot about this. Um, This song in particular, what do you want folks to come away with? I mean, obviously it's in the title, but what else do you want folks to come away with? We can just go around the 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 couch here
4: (laughs) (laughs) yeah i mean i think that there's a lot of ways that we don't feel like we're enough that is maybe not obvious um you know like i have been single for a long time and I often feel like I'm not enough by myself, you mm. know? Like mm. as a single person, you can't just like live in the world single. Like that's not how that works. Mm. Um, so if you're single, you are not doing enough to mm. get a man mm. to uh, so, like, you know, have a family, do all this stuff, but you can't do it on your own. Like that's not how society- they really just like paying rent. Right.
6: <laughs> how do you live alone? Right. Yeah, exactly. Tomorrow.
4: So I think that oh, um, this song has been, I've been thinking about this song a lot recently where it's like, like, not that I believe it yet, but the feeling like I can be enough on my own, mm-hmm. which even saying out loud is like, no, <laughs> that's a lie. But I'm just going to keep saying that until maybe it'll feel like I'm, I'm you know, that's possibly true. Yeah. Um, and I think that, like, that's just one example of how um, it could be taken. But I think that everybody has their own things that they feel like they're maybe not enough uh, in, in different areas. Um, and just... We like to write songs that are like you could just get in your head and then just like sing them in the shower randomly and you're like, what song is this? Oh, wait, nice. Mm -hmm. And it's something that like really, you might not believe it, but it just sort of gets ingrained in there. And eventually your subconscious is like, why do I keep singing this? This is, uh, (laughs) this might mean something. Mm -hmm. Um, So yeah, that's where I'm at with the song.
1: Okay. All right.
4: For me, um,
7: what I've been thinking about those songs kind of a bit of what I shared earlier about like there's all these groups that I'm kind kind of part of or adjacent to that like in our work um, we are probably made to made to feel like we're not enough um, in ministry and um, I work for a climate justice non nonprofit so mm-hmm. as as activists um, and not even just like that people are saying that but that like we we can't do everything as pastors like can we can we minister to everyone in the way that they need it can we um, respond to everything that that's asked from us can we even like preach in a way that that is um you know helpful to everyone that we're trying to talk to uh and yeah like as activists we we can never do enough to make the thing happen that we're that we're Mm -hmm. hoping for um but what i hear in the song for myself and and for those groups that i'm part of is that what we bring is enough, and like what we have done for this day is enough, um, and our 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 smallest actions that do add up to something larger um, are enough. So that's kind of
5: where I'm at with it.
1: That's what's up. I like that.
5: Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm gonna say that. You're not too much, it's mm. kind of a thing for mm. me. Mm. Uh, Cause as a black woman, mm. I'm often told that I'm too much, mm. too loud, my gestures are too big, my colors are too <laughs> bright, my hair is definitely too big. Oh my gosh, uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, And of course we hear it across the gambit, right? And the jobs that we work, no, you need to be wearing you black and the, mm. uh, you know, whatever. Uh, <laughs> and the spaces that we enter into so that we're not overly seen or constantly viewed or wanting to be touched Um, but anyway so yeah so I'm not too much and I can look how I would like to look and speak as I would like to speak and present myself as I am Uh, and I am enough just as Mm. I am and it's not too
3: much
1: love that
3: I love it It's so easy to lie. It's so easy to hide Mm -hmm. Um, is are the words that open the song and that describe um, my struggle. Like um, in the last few years, feeling the weight of um, seeing how I have coped in a lot of ways. Like I only as an adult in the last two years got an ADHD diagnosis. I've been late to everything since high school <laughs> and and shouldering all the ways that you've been told oh this is because you don't try hard enough this is because you don't care this is because um, you know you're never gonna amount to anything literal quote you know like there's so many things that have sat with me and continue to, to echo in my head every time that thing comes up and it is easier to lie also this and this happened Or it's easy to hide and just not bring it up but then later on in this same song no matter what you feel right now no matter what you've heard love has the final word how do i how do i love myself Mm. Mm. right how do i you know that that great commandment love god and then love your neighbor as you love yourself how do i love myself in the midst of not feeling like enough how do i love myself when my bank account is not enough mm-hmm. shout out to the patreon supporters for <laughs> yeah. being, yes. being faithful yes. Yes. in there making it so that i can have more than nothing
6: <laughs> yes. mm-hmm.
3: but yeah. to also just be very present with I'm a, I'm a, I work for a church and I sing in a band and we have wonderful people who support us. And I work with nonprofits in, in Chicago and life is expensive. <laughs> and the healthcare system right. is a mess. Wow. And I'm tired and I just wanna take a nap. Like mm-hmm. all these things are true. And so I, sometimes when we hear music that might be considered inspirational or uplifting or positive, it's sung from a mountaintop pedestal accomplishment of Mm yeah, oh yeah we got it together Mm -hmm. and we're here to tell Mm -hmm. you that if you don't feel like you have it together then it's your fault Mm -hmm. and you're not trying hard enough it's like no we we sing these songs and we write this music as people who are in in the hard times that people who are in the doubts people who are in the, the ugly places where where, you know, I've interrupted several of our sets and be like, y'all, just so y'all know, I don't feel like I have enough right now while we're (laughs) singing this song. So hopefully you can join me in singing from that place. (laughs) Because, you know, like others have already said today, um, being being 100%, being transparent with who we are and, and why we sing this stuff, that's the thing that matters to me. So I'm always... So appreciative when I hear Hannah sing those words, or when I hear Krista coming in with all the beautiful ad libs at the end and declaring, "I am, you are, we are enough." Like mm. we ain't gonna talk about how long that's been on repeat in my shower. <laughs> Quick shout
4: that. out too to Lenora Rand who wrote the words to that song. Go yeah. we uh,
7: you, all so. right, we love you, Lenora.
2: Yeah, uh, for me, for me, I think it's that you don't have to do any more or achieve a certain standard or just get to this point to be enough but specifically for me i think it's to like to be wanted to belong Mm -hmm. to to, for people to want to be in relationship and community with you yeah Um, and i've definitely experienced that with this crew even though sometimes it is easy for me like Darren was quoting those lyrics to so, to kind of like hold hold stuff because I'm afraid if I let people know how I'm how I'm doing or what I'm thinking about or feeling that that's going to result in like well no you you, you can't really be here then mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. or that's not good enough for us to want to be with you um, and so I think that's a real real live emotion for me and I hope other people who are experiencing that can feel that for themselves that like you. Um, You are enough as you are without having to earn it or achieve it um, to be deserving of that kind of acceptance and belonging.
1: My gosh. Well, this is this has been wonderful. And I could I could talk with you all forever. One of the reasons I've been a fan, I think, of the mini for so long is because there's a sense of authenticity that comes across um, in that. And I think that is powerful music, but particularly within Christian music, because I think that, for me, what I, mm-hmm. I mean, I grew up on commission Fred Hammond, and, mm-hmm. you know, D, you know, even Take Six to a lesser extent, mm-hmm. um, you know, the Winans, but so mm-hmm. much of that, like, I remember reading in somewhere and finding out that Fred Hammond had gotten a divorce, mm-hmm. and I was like... Why didn't you talk about that mm-hmm. shit, yep. man? Like, put that shit in your music, dog. Yeah, yeah. Like, why I gotta read about it in an interview? <laughs> yeah. Wait, no. hold on, hold on, now. Yeah.
3: <laughs> now, what was interesting because I, I, I resonate with the Fred Hammer thing in particular. Um, Fred is different on stage. Than he is in the studio. Okay, come on with that. Yes, because Fred's stage is the, the the you know the the you are my daily, all the songs that mm-hmm. we love and the, these celebratory songs. But Fred, the studio is, and I quote, "Do you love me? Do you like me? Mm-hmm. I just want to be yours." Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Fred's. Songwriting has never been explicit about what he's going through, mm-hmm. but from pages of life one, two, and three, you can definitely see the change and where he is okay. in his relationship. And I'm, I'm even going to like cite two more folks. Oh wow, uh, Kurt Franklin.
1: Now uh, Kurt, yes, okay, he
3: fell off that stage and everything started changing. <laughs> and I'm not making light of him being injured, but it it really did feel like. Like a moment that was similar to um, to Paul, you know, getting knocked off the the, the uh, Saul getting knocked off the the the, the uh, horse, where Fred, like, I mean, sorry, Kirk was kind of self righteous in some ways, and then he fell off the thing, and then he's just had ups and downs, but like to now where he's like openly and publicly apologizing to the LGBTQ LGBTQ community, or um not showing up in the same spaces that have been more openly antagonistic of queer folks um, and another person who in a similar way like changed his public ministry um ty Trivet. He went from on his recorded albums trying to break the you know, uh, trying to pray over a cast out homosexuality to his wife cheated on him with a Christian rapper and then he'd have an affair and, and his little pedestal crumbled and all of a sudden his songs didn't seem so confident <laughs> the way they were. His his preaching wasn't so so hard the way it was and all of a sudden you saw him in a in a very different space. So Fred got me on this of just it's been interesting like and then if you watch Fred Hammond's live streams he's a very different man as a remarried guy yeah 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 yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely definitely but it's it's interesting to watch artists especially from traditions that used to that taught you you have to look perfect in public. Oh, absolutely. It's interesting to watch them start to deconstruct that based on real life. Happenings.
1: Yes. Yeah. No, absolutely. I definitely, I'm glad you brought that up and, and, and whatnot. I, I, I just, I always, I seek for authenticity in, in, in music, mm-hmm. especially in a time where you got it, you know, a social media that, that I, I always tell my students like, I don't believe anything you post on social media. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to be real. Like, I, I just don't believe it. Like, oh, we're doing these things and all that. All that stuff can be posed and all that stuff can be staged and so I don't believe it. That's which is why I only post memes on Instagram. Love that. <laughs> so if you follow me, my meme game strong. I ain't going to front. <laughs> <Hey>. um, <laughs> but my point being is is that so oftentimes that there is just this fronting that's going on and then we find out about something five, six, seven years down the road. And you, know, that's Chester in the background. <laughs> the audience knows Chester very well. So, um, but anyways, I just I, my my point in saying all this is I thank you so much for taking the time off of one coming in person. This rarely happens. Usually hey. on Zoom, and the the link is this breaking down. Um, but, but I'm gonna put all this stuff in the show notes uh, as always. Whitehirschpodcast.com. Chester's now here, shaking and, and, and grooving for everyone. <laughs>
6: mm-hmm.
4: yeah. Oh, come on. We Chester. just came so we can hang out with the animals. I we... know, I'm telling
1: you. And you're only getting a, a, a small caption of them. This is <laughs> this is just a very small uh, folks. But the song is We Are Enough. It is available anywhere Everywhere. Everywhere. okay all right. all the streaming services all the streaming services which i hear is like good if people just go and stream and like mm-hmm.
4: we, would we would love that, that.
1: okay so play playlist. Your playlist playlist right? tell okay. your friends Share to someone. Mm-hmm. So okay. get
7: at church mm-hmm. yeah okay all right. or wherever you want
6: yeah
1: <laughs> i love that y'all have these resources as well on your website as well right. again i will put these in the show notes y'all have to go check it out thank y'all so much for taking the time out and and coming today and just in blessing you you helped my faith in christianity <laughs> <laughs> Just a little bit today <laughs> i'm still not going to church but oh, i am little hey exactly. <laughs> <mean it. laughs> thanks for having us
4: yeah, thank
6: Absolutely. You so much yeah, thank you thank yeah. you pretending go along and like nothing's <laughs> wrong So hard to believe What we can do will be
2: I think she endures verbal abuse for a season and she endures perhaps being smacked one night and then she seeks help from the church.
6: There is a pile of dead bodies behind the Mars Hill bus (laughs) and by God's grace, it'll be a mountain by the time we're done. You either get on the bus or you get run over by the bus. Those are the
0: options.
5: There's nothing holy about writing discrimination into the law and I am tired of communities of faith being weaponized because the only time religious freedom is invoked is in the name of bigotry and
6: discrimination. I'm tired of it.
0: Hi, I'm Nate, producer and co-host on the Full Mutuality podcast. Let's talk about inequality. It's everywhere. Whether it's rooted in race, gender, ability, or sexuality, there's bound to be an imbalance in power, influence, representation, and access. On our show, we want to explore areas of religion, culture, and society where justice is needed in order to bring about true mutuality. I hope you'll join us for some enlightening, fun, and at times uncomfortable conversations as we envision a world where everyone can live free from systems and structures that keep us from being truly equal. You can find us on your favorite podcast app or visit our website, fullmutuality.com to find a list of all the platforms we're available on. Subscribe today and we'll see you on the Full Mutuality Podcast.